August the 8th, 2018 was my last day one. Hey ladies, welcome to this bonus episode here in August of 2023, where I am celebrating five years alcohol-free. And just saying those words just puts so many emotions and feelings in my body. And I'm here really just to share with you. I just want you to sit back with me today. I want to just have some coffee. I got my coffee cup in my hand. And I just want this to sort of be a sort of a chat to where I'm just sharing with y'all all the things that I just really feel led to share. I'm sure I will be missing tons of things and that's okay because I just prayed and I'm just asking the Holy Spirit to just guide me and give me wisdom of um, really what you need to hear inside of my story that could really maybe inspire you and get you to a place where you're ready to surrender. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being part of my community and my world. I love you and I just want you to know that you are seen and um, I'm here for you anytime. You can always email me at michelle at setfreesisterhood.com. And let's have a chat, ladies. Hey, sister, are you newly alcohol-free, but you've been hanging on for dear life, hoping you don't fall backward? Or maybe you're still stuck in the cycle of overdrinking, even when you told yourself you would stop, waking up each day with thoughts of self-loathing? Is your anxiety through the roof so much that you wake up at 3 a.m. with your heart racing and negative thoughts about yourself? You hide it so well, not many people know. Girl, I get you and I see you. I'm Michelle Porterfield and for so many years I experienced all of this. Here's the deal, quitting drinking is just the first step. I believe that's why it can be so scary. We know deep down it's more. Once we see what's underneath all the covering up, true freedom is found and I'm here to help you do just that. So whether you're newly alcohol free or just sober curious, there is freedom on the other side. I can't wait to help you ditch the wine witch or help you find your mindset breakthrough and reignite your purpose after alcohol. Girlfriend, you are in the right place. Welcome to Set Free Sisterhood. All right, ladies, so I'm just going to kind of kick back and hang out and talk a little bit. You may hear me sip my um, cup of coffee here and there. I hope that doesn't bother you. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to come and chat about this amazing celebration First, let me say what's coming to me now is just the fact that I don't think about days or dates anymore, and I haven't really in a very long time. And I want to say that up front because if you do, and that's important to you, that's wonderful. If you're someone that's just like down to the day, down to the weeks, and you have a continuous timer on your phone, and that's a huge deal to you, and you consider that sobriety, just hear me say that just because my journey feels different for me doesn't mean that yours is wrong, because I know there's still women that listen into this that have been alcohol-free or sober for a long time, but just appreciate it for the other lessons that I teach and the, you know, deeper insight when it comes to the deeper healing after the alcohol is removed, because that's really what I'm doing here. I'm, I'm not only wanting to help you in this podcast 
and as I work with you inside of coaching, it's not just to help you become alcohol free or help you to stop over drinking, to help you remove this relationship out of your life that you have with alcohol. I am also wanting to help you understand yourself better, know who you are in Christ, know who you are as far as the woman that God designed you to be, heal the parts of you that have been hurting and that you've stuffed down for so much of your life so that you can really transform your entire life from here on out. That is my big picture. Yes, for me and you, it starts with the alcohol because we know that that has been such a huge part of why we've gotten to where we are, to this place of whether you're just want to call it unhappy, you want to call it stuck, miserable, an imposter. Um, wow, just whatever. You know, call it what you want to call it. But the reason why you're kind of here is because things have happened to you. Things have happened in your life. You have believed things about yourself. You have believed things about other people. You have gotten out of alignment with your value system. You might not even know your value system. There's just so much that brought you to coping with alcohol so if you kind of saw that path, I want to reverse engineer this for you. We're going to we're going to take the cap off and we're going to remove the alcohol and then we're going to start going through these things that did happen, the beliefs that are there and really help you unbecome this not version of you. And if that's the first time you've heard me say that, let me say it again because this is really really big, okay? I want to help you unbecome the not version of you. Why does this matter? Because I was living inside of the not version of me for so long. I was living inside of some sort of version that I had sort of carved myself into or armored myself into because of life, circumstances, choices, beliefs, um, values that weren't, I wasn't living up to or living inside of. So I was this version that was not me. And we can't heal when we're the not version. We can't maintain healthy relationships when we're the not version. If I'm drawing people into me, into a relationship, and they're getting the not version of me, that that's not really who I am then no wonder the relationship can't be healthy because they don't, they're not getting my trueness, right? So this is a, a higher concept here, but I just am feeling really led right now before I even drop into the details of this episode of this is it, ladies. Like this is the journey. This is the most beautiful part of knowing, and I'm still in the process of knowing myself more, growing into her. You know, the version of me today in August of 2023 is still evolving and growing to where this time next year she's going to be different. And next year, when you hear this episode, if I choose to do one again, it's going to sound even different. And I might be sharing a new concept or a new development that has happened in my life, right? That is the journey. But I can tell you now, I know myself more than ever. I love myself more than ever. 
and I can confidently say that I can feel what I need to feel and I can move through life in a way now where I feel emotionally safe, I feel grounded and stable. And that right there feels like a miracle, but it is the most beautiful process. Okay. All right. So let's talk. I could brag about stats, right? I could talk about money. I could talk about health. All the stats that sound really good on social media and that sound really good with, you know, like um, a lot of people that use it in marketing and advertising about weight loss or sleep and, you know, all that's great. And like I said, anything that I say and I share from my opinion and my perspective and my story by no means discounts anything else. It's just my perspective. And that's the beauty of being where I'm at now is I'm okay if you disagree with me. And I'm not saying there is a black and white right or wrong either. I'm just saying, hey, like, I think it's awesome. I do have an app on my phone. I think I might have shared a screenshot recently. I don't know if I did it with y'all in a group or in another group or um, I had mentioned before on a story that somebody had said, oh my gosh, I wish I had quit drinking too. I saved so much money. And it, it, it made me go, look, I forgot that app was on my phone. And technically... I do not have this money in my bank account. Let me be super clear. But technically, I think I have saved like $18,000 or something. I don't know. It was it was crazy stupid money. I was like, oh my gosh, if I had been drinking and buying alcohol. So it's pretty cool to see that when your average was like 100 bucks a week at the minimum. I mean, come on. Let's put some numbers together, y'all. Okay. So my desire is that I just really hope that most of you can relate to at least parts of my story And just have some hope, hope that you can choose to um, take this journey one day at a time, that you can choose to get support that you need, removing alcohol, and that you get serious about what is possible for you in your future. And then you could be sitting where I'm sitting, five years alcohol-free, and basking in just the the freedom of it. The only reason, like I said before, I talk about it is because God led me into this this calling to help you. Otherwise, I would just be like, oh yeah, I don't drink and, you know, move on from there. But the reason why I continue to talk about it and I continue to educate and I continue to support and teach is because he used that part of my life and he showed me just like he showed so many people before me, and we can see it through and through the Bible, he uses people who feel quote-unquote broken or they've been entrapped and imprisoned by something. He uses that for his glory. And that's why I'm here, to support you, to help you, and to continue shining that light. So let's just start at my backstory a little bit. And this could be a longer episode. I really have no idea how long I'm going to continue to speak today. I just pray that you have the time to listen. And if you have to pause it later on, because I'm already over 10 minutes in, I see. Um, And I just want to share. But my backstory is I grew up in South Carolina in a Christian home. Grew up in church regularly. I remember pantyhose and dresses 
and the pinch underneath the arm. If I talked too much or made noises in church, my mom would reach under and you know, that little tender fat piece under your arm, whew, that hurts. But the church I grew up in had been the church that my grandmother grew up in and my parents grew up in. And I do remember seasons of that part of my life being wonderful. And then I also remember later in life just really noticing some double standards as I would be able to reflect back. Now, as a young person, I was not able to see this kind of stuff, but now I can say it's some legalistic behavior. And as we talk about the church, I'm really talking about the people because the church is the body of Christ. And my church that I attend now is absolutely amazing. The leadership's amazing. And I'm so grateful for it. And there are a lot of churches still and have been out there that when there's too many humans involved, then it can feel very rule driven, very much like the Pharisees, if you know a lot about that in the Bible, right? They knew how to talk the talk. They had this look about them, but yet their actions were very different. So just saying that doesn't change my relationship that I know that I had with Jesus at an early age and I became a Christian. However, later in life, I did just really just check back in and say, yeah, yeah, okay, Lord, my life is yours. You are my Savior. And as a clear-headed adult, I am rededicating my life to you. Okay, so just to give you a little background, So then I was a, as I've spoken before, I'm a little bit of a rebel, (laughs) a little bit of a rule breaker. So I got a little wild as a teenager and started exploring things. And I liked to party. Um, You know, we'd sneak away and have some parties, try some drinks at a very young age. And, you know, like a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of teenagers do, drinking and smoking and things like that. And so then I got a little older and... Once I turned 21, it was on, right? I could just party anytime I wanted to. Because I was so driven and independent, I was able to buy my first little home. It was a little small home in the Greenville area of South Carolina. How old was I? 22, I think. It was so cool that I was able to do that. It was a beautiful experience. And, you know, that's sort of when that party life kind of escalated. So I did, you know, I joined the wine club. And I knew early on that my drinking looked a little different than some. You know, we would have the wine club once a month and I would always have to stay because I would overdo it. It was me and a couple of other girls where some would come, have their wine, have the tasting. We'd always have food or some olive trays or cheese trays and things like that. And I just remember noticing I didn't really have a turnoff switch at that time. So I continued and usually felt like crap. There were several parties. And I remember back when I was in the advertising world, advertising agency, which if you know anything about that back in the, um, this would have been late nineties, I guess, early two thousands, there was a lot of, uh, um, copywriters, creative directors, all that, you know, alcohol was very common at lunch and things like that. But we would have big parties with an open bar there again, same thing. I didn't have a turn off switch and would end up being extremely hungover and just not going to work the next day. Okay. Fast forward, maturity level. And then also at the time had met, um, 
my now ex-husband, but we were, we met each other. He was pretty chill. He didn't drink a lot. So there was definitely some conflict in the beginning, you know, especially now as I'm kind of looking back after being, um, now the divorce is final this, the, in May of 2023. And we'll touch on that a little bit, but I really just kind of want this to be more of the story of just the process that I kind of got into and then moving on through removing alcohol. And the more time goes, the more I'll share whatever I feel really led by Holy Spirit to share with y'all that can lift you up, support you, and help you. So we got together, um, definitely reduced the wine drinking significantly. Um, Even then, I wasn't even drinking some liquor and things like that. So anyway, so we got together, ended up getting married in a couple years. Then we had children. So, excuse me. I'm kind of going to really like open this up now to move into adulthood because really what happens there, and I think a lot of y'all have done this. I've heard this story over and over. Those of us who are not full-blown chemical alcoholics or chemically addicted, there's, there's these seasons where we didn't have to drink. Like just because I partied a lot doesn't mean like back then in my 20s, Monday through Friday or Sunday through Thursday, I didn't drink. This was all like the whole party scene, the going out, the staying up till 3 a.m. and sleeping in all day the next day, okay? So this wasn't the on the regular. I just wanted to kind of touch into like how I was introduced to alcohol and how now when I have that looking back wisdom, as I call it, I can see I didn't have a cutoff switch. Let me tell you, in that moment, I did not really realize that, okay? So got married, had kids. Obviously, I chose to, and it was fine. Didn't drink during pregnancy, didn't drink right after. Very much in between. I don't even remember. It's kind of a blur, y'all. It's really crazy because my oldest is 19, and then my youngest daughter is almost 14. So I don't, I really don't even think I drank very much in between. Like I might have gone out from time to time with a friend for dinner or a weekend and had some drinks. But what I do remember is it was after my second one when she got old enough. And we begin to have cookouts more and things like that. And I'd ha- I hang out with certain friends. And that's when I started noticing. And I also remember noticing it coming into the home more and becoming more frequent. Okay. So that's where I remember noticing. And it went from Friday nights to Saturday nights to a night during the week to another night during the week. And I would say over the, probably the five years that that went on, it became daily. And for the last two to three years, probably, and I'm just having a guess here because I really cannot extremely remember the details of the timeline, just in full disclosure, I drank daily. Now, what I do remember, (coughs) excuse me. Let me have a sip of my coffee real quick. So what I do remember is when my son came along, for those of you who do not know, um, he is adopted. I got him when he was five 
and he was fully adopted at seven. So that timeline I can remember clearly because I was under a tremendous amount of stress, tremendous amount of fear, but I did not know how to regulate my emotions. I did not know how to handle all these circumstances. I just remember the drinking actually escalated during that time. Every time we had to go to court, like right after I would go to lunch somewhere and have a couple glasses of wine because I did not know how to handle what I was feeling at the time. So that, that does give you a good picture of just different circumstantial things. And, you know, I've never really related to being an alcoholic or even extremely, extremely dependent, but it was definitely my go-to mood changer and coping tool. So I had written this in my notes that so many of my behaviors, I had no clue about myself back then. These are only things I see now once I remove the alcohol and I've learned more about myself, why I coped, how I coped, and then those parts of me that's been there since childhood, various hurts through the years, different relationships and things like that. So basically, that's my story in a quick nutshell until I got to the point where I started trying to quit on my own. And I'll share this before we move on to sort of just the sort of the celebration of where I am now is I just got to the place where I knew about a year in a year or two that I just didn't have a good relationship with alcohol. Like I started recognizing like, Hmm, I don't think this is normal to go to drink two glasses of wine at lunch because you're stressed out. Or I don't think this is normal that I'm drinking and I'm able to have an entire bottle of wine at night and still function the next day. My tolerance had grew. I don't think this is normal for me to hide the amount I'm drinking from my spouse and my kids so they don't question or judge me. And I just remember noticing these things about myself and questioning my relationship. And I would talk to God and then I would try to not drink each day. I say, okay, today's the day. I don't need to drink. I'm going to work and then I'm working out. I'm going to hang out with family tonight. And I would tell myself that over and over again. And still come four o'clock, I might would go to the gym. I might not. I would sometimes drive to the gym, pull through the parking lot, go straight home or go by the store and buy some wine and start drinking. And it was sipping. I was cooking or hanging out by the fire pit or hanging with the kids. There was always something going on to where I just made it a part of it. And I still was able to just not ever drink if the kids weren't there and I needed to go get them. Like it wasn't even an issue for me about driving. I would navigate, which this tell me too how um, how sneaky the wine is. And for the, at that point, that's all I was pretty much drinking was wine. It was sneaky because it was I had enough power and enough clarity to navigate my schedule around it. Okay, well I'm not going to drink there because I got to go pick up the kids, and so I knew that you know, and I would work every day and I was very active and no one knew. And this is the case if this is you, because I know some of you listen and you're like, Hey, I really think I need to go to rehab. Okay. Go to rehab. If that's really, really what you think you need to do and you feel led to, or you need to talk to a doctor and talk about medication. Like I'm not telling you that that's not what you need, but I knew that 
I was not. Now, I'm not saying that I wouldn't have gotten there one day to a like full-blown dependence, but I knew that I had enough still control and awareness to where I could get up and go to work the next day. Yeah, I felt like crap and had a headache, but nobody knew. Most of the time I went to work, there was occasional times where I really didn't feel that great and I didn't go and it started affecting that kind of stuff. But I never had withdrawals. I never felt like I had to drink. If I was out with a friend at night and I knew I was driving home, I just wouldn't drink at all because I was so scared that even one, I could get pulled over and I could get in trouble. Like I had enough of that, right? That whole self-control in that space. But when I knew the door was open and I didn't have to drive anywhere and nothing was happening, I kicked back with my bottle, right? So I wanted to share that with you because we're all on different levels here. And some of you may can connect to that and go, yeah, I mean, I go to work and I'm raising my kids and I cook dinner, but I'm just so miserable inside and I keep disappointing myself. And I think that's really what got me was I got so disappointed in myself. And I'm like, Michelle, what is wrong with you? You are so disciplined and you can do so much. You're so driven. You're smart. You're smart. And sometimes I did or did not believe that, let me say. Now I do believe that fully about myself. But I was like, what is the deal? <laughs> Why can't you get your crap together? And I tried and I went a couple of days here and there. And then I went back to it. I went a little bit more days here and there. And then I went back to it. The longest I went was 28 days. And I've told this story. And then I went back and just right back into the pattern, right back into the system. In the night of August 8th, or it would have been the 7th in the evening because August 8th was my day one. I'm sitting in the bathtub. It's dark. I'm hanging on to that fourth glass of wine. I'm just sitting there in the tub crying, miserable, just so unhappy, so defeated at my end of what do I do? Why can't I figure this out? I don't want this, but I do want this. Why do I do what I not want to do? Why am I stuck in this cycle? Why am I miserable, but I can't get out? And I felt this sweetness in my spirit from the Lord above that said, Oh, my daughter, <laughs> not just like this, but now I can hear it. And I can say this to myself, Oh, daughter, why do you keep hanging on? The reason why you can't do this by yourself is because you're trying to do it by yourself, sweetie. You got to give it to me and really, really surrender. So what the Lord was saying inside of my spirit in that moment, and not those words, I did not hear it audibly. I just felt this in my spirit, like, you got to give it to me. You got to surrender. And so in that moment, I said, okay, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what that means, but something was different in that bathtub. Something was different in that moment of pure surrender for me. And something was changed when I woke up the next day. There was a different ignite in my spirit. There was a different 
Maybe there is clarity in my brain and my eyes. I don't know. But what I do know, that was just day one. And I surrendered day after day after day. And I personally did all kinds of things. Which have absolutely led me here. But I have also given me the wisdom and the ability to really hone in on what I feel like works. And that's why I've been called here to coach women. Because I tried all the things. I tried AA and I tried Celebrate Recovery. And I tried accountability partners. And I tried podcasts and books and routines and all the things. And yes, some of those things are absolutely necessary, but why I felt called here was the Lord was just like, you've got to help them and you've got to show them by your life and what you've done, give them, build that bridge. And that's what I felt called to do from the beginning is to share openly with the world that's listening my story that you can be a Christian woman who is high functioning, very capable, but also be stuck in a unhealthy, unhealthy relationship with alcohol. You do not have to label yourself as an alcoholic. You do not have to go and say, I'm in recovery. You do not have to seek, quote unquote, sobriety, right? Whatever works for you, but he said, talk to them about it, share Keep talking out loud. Share your story. And that's what I've been doing. Train. He's given me the most amazing coaching school to train and learn about specifically the brain, behaviors, our drivers of our behaviors, our belief systems, our values, how we can really go back and unlock and heal some old trauma, learning about the parts of us. We're not just one. We're very spiritual. We have these parts of us, like these protector parts. Like I have a controlling part and I have a solution finding part. And I have like this, my teenager comes out a lot. She's super rebellious and she doesn't like to be told what to do. And the power in learning these things is because that helps know me more. That helps me know me and heal those parts of me and love those parts of me. Not to get rid of them because you can't, but to love them and to really decide who am I and who do I want to be. So he's given me that passion to share my story in a vulnerable way. And the Lord knows who's listening, right? And to, to help y'all to build that bridge to where you can, you can go where he wants you to go. And that's what this is all about. Okay? So where am I now? <laughs> I am... God, I'm just amazing. Um... And I can say that today, even inside of some current circumstances that are going on. So here, if you hear anything from me right now on this topic, <clears throat> please hear me that um, if you choose to go alcohol-free and you walk out this journey, your circumstances may or may not change. And you may have circumstances that knock you upside the head in the future. The beauty of it is, when you remove alcohol, you will be clear. 
and you will know that you know that you know that you can trust yourself. Because let me just tell you, at the core, that has been the key for me. I have been through some of the hardest circumstances over the past year and a half to two years than ever before. And mind you, this is five years alcohol-free. So I believe when I look at the timeline of this last even decade, I see how the Lord has been preparing me. I see how I had to remove that part that was keeping me stuck. I had to take the alcohol away. I had to work on my inside transformation. I had to heal. I had to grow. I had to learn. So I could get to that person, that version of me, who could walk through a separation and divorce. I promise you, if I was still drinking, life would look very, very different right now. Because it's been hard. There's been tons of pain. There's been tons of grief. There's been tons of fear. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm the one that spoke at first. I'm the one that said, hey, we need to separate. We've got we to gotta separate and see where we go from here. I'm going to be fully honest about that. And I'm going to tell you, it was the scariest thing I've ever done. And I also know that it was the clearest thing I've ever done. You know why? Because I did not have anything that was that I was coping with, that was blurring my heart and my mind. I had spent time inside of a coaching relationship, working up to this point. I had spent time in prayer. And it's been wild. There has been some awesome times and a lot of joy. And there has been a lot of pain. And it's still hard when you're trying to navigate now on the other side of divorce with your kids and their healing and then navigating co-parenting. But I know that I know that I know that in order to get to where you need to be in your life, and if you have decisions that you need to make, I don't believe right now, I'm saying it, just don't do it. Don't make these big decisions under inside of drinking because here's what's going to happen. You're going to doubt yourself. You're going to be unsure. You're going to get pulled back and forth by the waves. Do you know how many times I've been on my knees just crying and bawling and I've been sad? I've been disappointed. I've been scared. I've been embarrassed. I've been defeated. And I felt all these things. But you know what was okay about it is it was okay for me to feel them. It sucked. And I don't like to feel that stuff, but I'm able to, and I knew that I'm safe and that I know who I am and I know what I say I do, I'm doing. And that's a big, big part of this because you've got to know who you are and align with your values. And you've got to be able to trust yourself because I can tell you one thing for sure is that I absolutely trust myself. I never trusted myself before. If I had of, I wouldn't have kept on drinking. If I had of, I would have stopped when I said I was going to stop. I couldn't trust myself. But now I trust myself. So when you make choices and you know that there's going to be pain and suffering involved, you can do it because you can trust yourself. Okay? Okay? Now, I hope that encourages you 
and know that I've got so much joy. Joy comes deep within with a relationship with the Lord. And there's some really fun days. And you've heard me talk about, I have a, I've moved into a, a townhome that I really, really love and I'm decorating it in the way I, I love it. And I'm getting to be a little bit more creative and, um, it's just, it's, it's great. There's some awesome things and there's some tough things. And there's some times where I'm like, should I get excited about this? Or should I, you know how we judge ourselves? We're like, oh, well, I shouldn't be happy about this because it's so different. Like the dogs, for example, I'm going to just lay it out there. I love the dogs we had. Amazing black labs. They're the sweetest, most loving dogs. And they were more like family dogs, but one was his and one was my oldest. And we've always had them and it's been great. And as a, as a woman, as a mom, we do, we compromise, don't we? We have animals and we have, you know, kids make messes and crayons on the wall. But then there comes a season where that I'm in now that I'm like, oh, because they have the dogs now. This is my first time I've ever had a home where I don't have pets. And there's that part of me that's like, or you, should you be really excited because you know people are super judgy about people that don't have pets? And I'm like, stop it, right? <laughs> this is just a fun season for me. Let me enjoy it. There's no dog hair everywhere. And I have a cream and white sheets on my bed. And I have light colored things. And I love it. Doesn't mean I didn't enjoy that season. It doesn't mean that I don't love those dogs. It just means I'm embracing the new and I'm accepting where I am. And that's a huge part of this process too, is being in acceptance. Finding things you love to do, surrounding yourself with people that love you. I have the best friends. I have met someone special. Um, he's awesome. He has become my best friend. And it's just been a beautiful journey. And I'm just walking through it and I'm celebrating. And the reason why I'm touching on all this now is just to tell you that you can build a beautiful life. But I believe not until you remove the alcohol, you remove the coping, and you do that deeper healing that needs to be done. Because inside of this season of drinking, I couldn't have done any of this. And it probably would have gotten way worse right? So even when circumstances are going to get hard, life is going to be difficult. I am able to walk in grace and truth and kindness and at the best of my ability, do the best I can. Do I mess up? Yes. <laughs> Will you mess up? Yes. Will we have to make apologies? Will we have to make amends? Will we be on our knees praying and crying? Will we be dealing with a lot of anger and emotions and have to learn to work through them? Yes, yes, yes. But the freedom, the absolute freedom that comes from removing this stronghold over us and being able to know who we are, love who we are, trust who we are, live by our values, that is priceless. I hope this encouraged you today. I feel like this is, this is a great place to end. I love you. I'm praying over you. And when you're ready to commit, I would love and I would be honored to support you. Just email me anytime, Michelle at Set Free. 
sisterhood.com. Stay blessed. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. This is what helps the show grow and helps more women to get their hands on the support so they can choose to reduce their drinking or quit altogether like I did. Go join the community and say hi over on Facebook by searching Set Free Sisterhood. I will also put the link in the show notes. You can also connect with me for a one-on-one discovery call at coachmichelleporterfield at gmail.com. And I want to ask, how do you want to feel in the next six months? Who are you becoming? Are you ready to grow? I see you and I've got you. Until next time, stay blessed.